Brock Nelson has been red hot since the beginning of March. We take a look behind Nelson's success and what it means for the Islanders. Plus a listener email question about the Islanders' overall team speed. That plus our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Can't believe we've gotten to Thursday this quickly. This week, for me at least, seems like it's flying by. want to thank everybody for tuning in and for being part of the Locked On Islanders family, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, and uh, I'll tell you, lots to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a, a question about something we've talked about, a comment, or, or maybe uh, something you'd like us to discuss on the show Feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. Next game coming up Friday night in Carolina, and of course, we will have a full preview of that game on tomorrow's show. But today, we want to start with some good news, and that is concerning Brock Nelson. And look, Nelson, as of right now, uh, making a, a, a shot for 40 goals for the first time in his NHL career. He's played 60 games so far this season, and Nelson has 33 goals in 60 games. Now, the Islanders have 13 games left, so he's on pace right now. If he keeps scoring at the rate that he scored at all season— Brock Nelson should reach 40 goals before the end of the year. That would be uh, obviously the first time he has reached that milestone. Only 17 assists. So uh, Brock Nelson, sort of a Cy Young Award winner. Any, any hockey player, for those of you not familiar with the term, you have a lot more goals than assists. That's sort of like a one-loss record in baseball. So some people refer to that as being a Cy Young Award winning player. Brock Nelson, almost twice as many goals as assists right now, 33 goals, 17 assists. His 50 points lead the Islanders. So uh, 
you know, all all the good, but how good has Brock Nelson been? You know, traditionally Nelson gets off to that hot start and they call October Brocktober because he plays oh so well in October. But now, look, since March 3rd, Brock Nelson has played in 19 games. He has 14 goals, 8 assists, that's 22 points in 19 games, and he is a plus 6 over that time period. Um, You know, he has a hat trick, a 3-assist game, a 2-goal game, and he had a 5-game point-scoring streak uh, at one point, and then another uh, 6-game point-scoring streak, Brock Nelson really playing very, very well. And, you know, part of it for Nelson is that he has not been afraid to shoot the puck. Uh, You look down the sheet at those games, three shots, three shots, four, four, three, two, four, three, three. Not that these are off the charts, uh, really, really high numbers of shots, but consistently, Brock Nelson is getting three or four shots a game, and that makes a big difference. We have discussed on this show so often uh, that too many players on this roster are reluctant to shoot the puck, that they just, you know, players who are considered top six forwards uh, on the Islanders, or even, you know, players who are on the third line who the Islanders are hoping to get consistent scoring from, like a Zach Parise or a J.G. Pajot. Those guys, you know, overall are not shooting enough. Barzal doesn't shoot enough. Bailey doesn't shoot enough. Uh, You can't say that about Brock Nelson, and that is a big deal for a team like the Islanders who don't shoot enough. And right now, you know, Brock Nelson, 60 games played. He is third on the team in shots on goal with 143. Now, the only two players ahead of him, Oliver Wallstrom with 147 shots. He's played three more games than Nelson. And then Noah Dobson, who's played seven games more than Nelson, but obviously he has uh, 23 more shots. But uh, again, Brock Nelson, out of the Islanders, you know, top six forwards, Nelson leading the way with 143 shots in 60 games played so far. And in addition to not being afraid to shoot the puck, the other thing Brock Nelson is is willing to do is to go down to those dirty areas when he has to. He's got a good enough shot that he can score goals, not just from in close, but being willing to go down there and score from in close is indeed important. Now, four of those Uh, 14 goals have come on the power play. That is certainly, uh, excuse me, five of those 14 goals. That's important too. The Islanders need more from their power play. And look, you give a player like Brock Nelson a little bit more time and space to operate with, that is a definite plus. So I, I think we will see, you know, Brock Nelson gunning for that 40-goal plateau, and that's a very good thing for the Islanders. Also wanted to specifically mention, specifically mention, uh, Ilya Sorokin did serve as the backup goalie for the Islanders against uh, Dallas last night, or 
uh, by now it should be uh, Tuesday night by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, you got to expect Sorokin to play one of the Islanders' next two games. You look at the schedule, you got game Friday in Carolina, Saturday in St. Louis, uh, back-to-back games with both goalies being healthy. Um, Varley's going to probably play one, and Sorokin is going to play the other, and I would expect more of a goalie rotation coming up down the stretch. Again, it will partially depend on where the Islanders are in the standings. One or two more losses like the one they had last night uh, or Tuesday night where they didn't get any points will probably result in uh, more of a alternating the goalies kind of a situation. But Sorokin back, Corey Schneider option back down to Bridgeport and you know, that certainly is something that, uh, you know, we expected, and hopefully we'll see Sorokin start very soon. We've got more to discuss, a listener email about some reasons for the team's struggles this season, and it does coincide with something we've talked about on the show. We've also got our Islanders' birthday of the day, a steady defenseman from the 80s, who contributed to the Islanders for, oh, I'd say about six seasons, probably. So uh, let's see if you can guess who that is. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one sports for all your source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. And look, NHL playoffs coming up. You want to bet on who's going to win the Stanley Cup, who's going to lead the league in goals scored, who's going to be the Conn Smythe winner as the playoff MVP, who's going to win the Vezina Trophy, the Hart Trophy, all of these things available at Bet Online. So check out Bet Online where the game starts. All right, so we have uh, an email, and uh, this one is from uh, Don, who has emailed us before. And Don writes, uh, Hey, Gil, haven't sent you anything in a while, just a couple of quick points and uh, an email rant. Even though the Islanders were outplayed, the Stars had three garbage goals, not one real goal. Two off bodies and one where Varley's leg was swept. Sadly, the Islanders put themselves in a position where this couldn't happen. The Isles certainly didn't play like a team with an outside shot at the playoffs. Stats say 28 hits. I didn't see it. I saw very little intensity and the continuation of dump to get pressure relief. I truly believe that part of this team's lack of offense is related to the fact that we have defensemen that cannot skate and move the puck. I still blame Lou and the management for this season. The roster is slow and old and has no real true goal scorers. Too many old puck dumpers. Uh, To go a step further, in my opinion, the roster is not being altered at the trade deadline, is bordering on incompetence. There are multiple players that would be addition by subtraction. They needed to free up some money. Uh, and he goes on 
from there. But basically, the Islanders will go into this offseason with a slow old roster with no money to make improvements, and that's incompetence. So let's address this. And uh, obviously, Don, thank you for the email. He closes with Go Islanders. Don, here's the thing. I agree with you on the lack of puck-moving defensemen. In the last two off-seasons, the Islanders traded away Devon Taves and Nick Letty. And look, I understand why it had to be done. They could have lost Letty in the expansion draft. You didn't want to lose him for nothing. Yeah, that makes sense. Taves, they were desperately up against the cap. You could argue about contracts that shouldn't have been what they were, that sort of made them so hard up against the cap that they didn't have enough room to keep Devon Taves. But again, they had to make a move and they freed up some cap space and got picks. The person they replaced Nick Letty with, however, was Zdeno Chara. And I'm not knocking Zdeno Chara, though he has his shortcomings at this stage in his career, but he's not a puck-moving defenseman. Andy Green, at this stage of his career, not a great puck-moving defenseman. The only real puck-moving defenseman among the Islanders' top six to start the season was Noah Dobson. And Dobson, you know, he's grown a lot this season. Uh, But at the beginning of the season, he was still learning. And look, even now he's still learning, but at least now he sort of established his ability to either pass or skate the puck out of the zone. But the limited mobility of the Islanders defensemen, Pulak, uh, Pellick, Mayfield when he's healthy, Chara, Green, these guys are not great puck movers. They're competent defensemen, don't get me wrong. But when you're putting together a, a defense core, a top six, you need a variety of skill sets. You need one or two big physical defensemen who will clear out players from in front of your goalie. You need a guy who can quarterback the power play and and a guy who can set up that transition, probably two of those. You know, you need a guy who is uh, steady in his own zone and just smart with the puck. You know, you need guys who will give you leadership, guys who will give you speed, all the different categories of skills that you want to put into that mix to you know, make a good cake, so to speak, to make sure you've got all the ingredients you need for a successful defense. And, you know, I think you're right in the sense that this defense doesn't have that. So, Don, I think you're right. The, the balance is not there. And it is going to be up to Lula Morello this offseason to get there. Now, we don't know what's happening with Andy Green and Zdeno Chara. Will one of them be back? Will both of them retire? Will uh, both of them be back? We don't know. I get the feeling at least one of them will retire. But the Islanders clearly will have a spot on the blue line. Now, you have Grant Hutton. You have Robin Sallow. You have uh, a couple of other players in the system who might be able to come in and, and add that skating dimension, that that ability to move or pass the puck out of the zone, absolutely something they need to improve this offseason. The caveat to that is, we know, Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello tend not to trust young players and rookie players easily or sometimes not at all. So would they trust a Robin Sallow or a Grant Hutton to get 
15, 18 minutes a game and, and have a regular full-time role? Or do they bring in somebody? Uh, a lot of these things are questions that need to be answered. And again, as you mentioned at the trade deadline, I thought they were going to move some players. It didn't have to be Varlamov, although that would have made sense on some levels. Uh, you had players with expiring contracts. Two of them re-signed uh, in, in Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parise. But again, uh, there were players they could have moved. They chose not to. And I think it's a fair criticism to say that some moves should have been made at the deadline, but were not. Now the key is the offseason. We've talked on this show several times, Don, and, and, and I'm in agreement with you. They need a sniper, and they need a puck-moving defenseman. Probably in that order, but they really need both of those things, and they need them badly if they're going to get up to the next level. Right now, there is some salary cap room, and hopefully Lou Lamorello can, in the offseason, create some more salary cap room. Lou Lamorello is in the Hockey Hall of Fame for a reason. He has built teams successfully throughout his career. The Islanders, the Lou Lamorello-Barry Trotz combination got them to the conference final in back-to-back years. And they've won a playoff series for three consecutive years. Now, most likely that streak is coming to an end this year. But my point is that while I am also disappointed with the way this team was built for this particular season and the non-movement at the trade deadline, I'm willing to give Lamarillo and Trotz the benefit of the doubt based on their track records that this team will have a different look going into next season, that those two major missing ingredients will be taken care of if they aren't. If one year from now we're having this same conversation, then yeah, I think you're talking about some serious issues with the way the team is being run. But uh, let's see what free agency, the draft, trades all bring between now and the opening of training camp in September. I think it'll be an interesting offseason for the New York Islanders, and uh, hopefully we see moves in that direction. We've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. When we come back, a steady Islanders defense room from the 80s is our Islanders birthday of the day. That and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And Wednesday was the 57th birthday for former Islanders defenseman Gerald Diddick. Didick, a native of Sherwood Park, Alberta, drafted by the Islanders in 1983 in the first round. 16th overall, pretty big uh, defenseman for the 80s at 6'2", 200 pounds, played his junior hockey in the Western League with the Lethbridge Broncos, and made his Islanders debut in 1984-85, playing 65 games. One season with the Islanders, he had more than 10 goals in a season. That was 1988-89 when he had 11 goals and 32 points. Went over 100 penalty minutes a number of times in his NHL career. Didick, steady in his own zone. Uh, Generally, you know, smart with the puck and went on to a successful career. He was with the Islanders through the 89-90 season, played one 
part of one year in Montreal, then traded to the Vancouver Canucks, where he was with the team when they made their run to the Stanley Cup final in 1993-94, played for the Blackhawks, the Whalers, the Coyotes, the Maple Leafs, and closed out his career with the Dallas Stars in 2000-2001. Gerald Diddick actually played in 932 regular season NHL games, 56 goals, 212 points, 1,612 penalty minutes, at 114 playoff games, 8 goals, 24 points, and 212 penalty minutes. We're going to go back and look at one of Gerald Diddick's better games with the Islanders. November 16, 1989, home game at the Nassau Coliseum, the old barn, going up against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And for the Maple Leafs, Peter Ang in goal, getting the start, while Glenn Healy guards the net for the New York Islanders. And it would be the Islanders getting on the board first. Mick Vakoda, his fourth from Randy Wood, just 224 into the game, Isles up 1-0. Then, uh, with Brian Curran of Toronto in the penalty box, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Gerald Diddick scores his second of the year. Brad Lauer and Pat LaFontaine on the assist on the power play at 6-11. Isles up 2-0. LaFontaine makes it 3-0 with his 14th from Alan Kerr and Brad Lauer at 8-33. Isles sitting pretty at 3-0, but a little more than two minutes later, Tom Fergus gets Toronto on the board, his eighth from Rob Ramage, and it's 3-1. to one. Isles respond a mere 40 seconds after the Fergus goal. Don Maloney scoring his second from David Volok. Islanders up 4-1 to one after 20 minutes of play. The Leafs get closer in a fight-filled second. Gary Lehman, his 11th from Eddie Olchek and John Kordick at 4:49. That made it 4-2, to two, but the Islanders... Pull away in the third. Brian Trottier, his sixth from Gary Nyland and David Volok. And then with Dave Chizowski in the box, Pat LaFontaine, a shorthanded goal. His 15th from Don Maloney at 426. Islanders win this one going away 6-2. Peter Ang starts. He doesn't finish. Uh, the last three minutes of the game, Mark LaForest replaced him although Ang gave up all of the goals for Glenn Healy. 31 saves in this one to earn the win in a game that the Islanders and uh, basically were outshot 33-26 to for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, basically, Gerald Diddick won goal. He was a plus two, and he had two shots on goal for the Islanders. So, again, happy birthday one day late to former Islanders defenseman Gerald Diddick. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, look, the, the road trip continues next game Friday. Tomorrow we will have a full preview of that game and Saturday's game in St. Louis. So make sure you join us for that. If I were guessing... Uh, I would say that Simeon Varlamov probably starts the Saturday game. But, you know, I'm going to say one more thing about Varley. He played well against Dallas. And one thing I'm noticing, Varlamov seems to thrive on getting more work. And I think one of the things that has hurt his performance over the course of this season is that he has not been playing as frequently as he normally does. And... 
you know, you you see, first of all, he's finally healthy. Second of all, he's getting more games played. When he plays, you know, two games in four nights or three games in five nights or six nights, when he gets frequent work, he's sharper. And, you know, some goalies get tired. Varley thrives on the work, and I think we're noticing that this season as he continues to uh, play. Now, now that Sorokin is back, can you keep both goalies sharp? That's one of the reasons I think we'll see more alternating games between Sorokin and Varlamov down the stretch. I don't think Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz have to worry about not knowing what either one of these guys is capable of doing. All right, so that is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.